the Sleepers Podcast. It's officially March. It's the best month of the year. The madness. I can almost taste it. I can almost smell it, but not totally yet. I'm not going to lie. But we're here. It's the Sleepers. It's G. Cart, how you doing? Doing good, man. It's March Madness. It's the month that the cartel was born. Woo! I mean, you really can't beat this month. I don't know if you can name a better month, to be honest. I know I can't. I'll tell you that right now. We got the tournament upcoming. We've got big plans for the sleepers. We've got week one of our Saturday pick'em contest in the books. Shout out to Stanley, who is the winner of week one, winning a $50 gift card to 19.9. We've got five more weeks of that before the final four wraps up. And we got a sleepers logo in the backdrop. If you're watching the video version of this, like I've said, the brand is strong. The brand might be coming a thing, be becoming a thing. I just mixed hey, up my words there, but be the person who's on the brand before it really becomes the brand. You know what I'm saying? So we've got a good episode for you today. We've got Mr. Anthony Wright, aka Ant Wright, aka the man of Michigan Twitter infamy, former John Beeline basketball player. Um, a, a great follow and a very entertaining fellow who has jumped on to talk Michigan, Michigan state rivalry with us today. Cart, we were supposed to have a Spartan guest. In fact, we were supposed to have multiple Spartan guests. And do you want to tell us where the hell your Spartan dogs have been? My Spartan dogs are loading. All right. You know, we're what, in how the, long we're, does it take to load? We're what in a pandemic, Greg. We are in a pandemic. Damn it. There are things there's scheduling conflicts. There are things to take care of. We are a podcast and a brand that caters to what our guests need, okay? And sometimes our guests need some time, and we are willing to give them that time. But we'll still produce the content because that's what we do. We adjust on the fly, and we make it happen, and that's what we did. I just have a little feeling that we may be having some Spartans who are ducking us right now. Word to Brad Underwood. Word to Illinois talking about, oh, we play the teams on our schedule. Spartans don't record the podcast on their schedule right now. They say they're available, and then all of a sudden, we can't find them. But any Spartan that we bring on here, I think would slap you. I'm just saying, look, I'll say this to their face. We've got, look, I'm not even going to name names because I don't want to go there, but we've got, what, four former Michigan State Tom Izzo era players who have said, they want to be on the Sleepers podcast. Who have and agreed they will be. to it? And they will who have be giving us dates and times, and then just the day of, don't respond. Like we can't get a, we can't get a Zoom link response. You know, it's a day and age where everyone's just so glued to their phones and Instagram oh. and Twitter. Sometimes you just got to disconnect. Look, thank God for them Wolverines who are coming through in the clutch yet again. Because they know what time it is. They know the people need their interviews. They need their basketball content. They know the sleepers are here to talk. And it just so happens to be a good year, good time of year to talk about how good that Michigan team is playing. Everyone wants to hear from the number two <laughs> team in the country. All right. So let's, let's start there. Over the weekend, we had some drama. We had some drama that Mr. Ant Wright may or may not have contributed to, and we may he, or may not ask him about he it. He did. He did. Let's talk about Well, and you know who else contributed to it? Our friend, our colleague from the locker room app every week, Sean from Making the Madness, who may or may not be out here standing for his Gonzaga folks, who's taken a very anti-Michigan stance officially on Twitter. So yeah. I, 
I don't know what to make of this, but I'll just say this. If you're someone who wants to go out and make a little bit of a, a media or a basketball analyst career, the Michigan fan base might not be one you want to antagonize right off rip. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say on it. One, I was completely fine with it because it's coming off the heels of my Michigan State Spartans getting their ass whooped in College Park. So I was kind of like that Undertaker meme when he's sitting at the top of the stadium just watching everything happen. I popped my little skinny pop, put a little seasoning on that, John. I was kicking back, just chilling, making sure everything was all right. I wanted all the heat off of me. But this is all I'm going to say on it. Y'all look kind of stupid, to be honest. Like, who – Y'all are one and two. Like, what is what is what are we really talking about? We both about look here? stupid. Michigan and Gonzaga look stupid. No, not really. I mean, like, they don't look. It, okay, it started off as like, like a like an actual argument about like what's going on, like what team is better, and that's like all good and well. That's like what social media is for to make these arguments, make these points. You know, do whatever you need to do. But there's a couple people out there who are just getting way way too deep into it, and it's like it's not that deep. All right. Like people, there were some Michigan fans acting like they're not number one, then like it's the end of the world. Or if someone doesn't consider them the number one team in the country, it's the end of the world. It's not. People have different opinions. That's what it is. Like, stop crying. There's other people out here. My team, we're at the bottom of the Big Ten. We really got problems. Y'all ain't got no problems. Yeah, it's first world problems. So I I saw a tweet. Someone said Michigan and Gonzaga fans are actually very similar. And I agree with that concept. I actually, I tweeted my take on this because it was like 24 hours had passed. And I figured at some point I have to like pick a side here. And obviously I, I should lean to the Michigan side, but look, Michigan fans are like rabid wolves sometimes. Like they, the ones that are on Twitter being vocal right now, for the most part, haven't watched Gonzaga. Like anybody who would look you in the eyes and tell you Michigan is clearly the best team in the country right now hasn't watched enough Gonzaga. Gonzaga deserves to be number one. They're undefeated for a reason. It's not their schedule. They played one of the hardest non-conference schedules any team has ever played, and they blew teams out. They didn't just sneak by with some victories. Like This Gonzaga team is historically great and deserves to be number one. Now, that can be true, and we can also have a conversation about the fact that Michigan might be playing as good or better than Gonzaga is right now. That doesn't mean Michigan should be ranked one and Gonzaga shouldn't, but that's a fair conversation that Gonzaga fans on the flip side refuse to have. And Gonzaga, look, I have my issues with Michigan fans. Like I just said, I have my issues with Gonzaga fans too, because they act like if Kispert, Suggs, Timmy, Ayayi all aren't on the first team, all America, conference all comp national whatever team that is and mark fuse not coach of the year that you're disrespecting gonzaga and that's just absurd because right. y'all are right. good y'all are better than every single conference's best players like get, just like get, get, get off your spokane spokane pedestal like right. it's it's and this is the last thing i'm gonna say on it g it's okay to rank those teams one through three, like you said, they're all national title contenders. Like to me, it is Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, and then there's a drop-off. Like those are the three main title contenders to me. And then there's a drop-off to my sleeping teams like Houston and West Virginia. You heard it here first. But what I'm saying is those three teams are on another level. And honestly, at this point, you might even say it's Michigan Gonzaga on a different level. Baylor dropped down a little bit after that loss. 
So, I mean, it's, it's like, okay, like you're not the number one team, but everyone recognizes you as one of the best teams in the country. And you're asking to be number one over a team that hasn't lost yet. Like it's, it's, yeah. If, no, if that's what you really want to spend your time arguing about, like more power to you. But like, I got a big game against Indiana this week and I got to make it to the <laughs> tournament. So like, I'm not trying to hear y'all argue about who's the best team in the country. People right. got bigger issues out here. Damn it. Right. There's, there's no argument that Michigan should be number one over Gonzaga. Baylor has the struggles right now. They don't look like the same team that they were pre the COVID break. And now people want to spin it as well. Baylor's COVID break was so much different than Michigan's COVID break. And yeah, it was eight guys had COVID on Baylor. Nobody had COVID on Michigan and Michigan was still shut down for three weeks and couldn't touch a basketball. And they still came out of that COVID break, went on the road to the Cole center and won a game. And then have damn near won every other game since. So Look, I, I'm just tired of it at this point. I hope we get to a point where we can see Gonzaga and Michigan play or Michigan and Baylor play. I want to see them play the best of the best because Lord knows the best of the best in the Big Ten, which is supposed to be the strongest conference in NCAA history, according to Ken Pomeroy, former Sleepers guest, by the way. <laughs> Michigan's just dog walked that conference. I mean, they won this conference going away by three games. They're about to have more wins than every other team in the conference, and they played 17 games instead of 20. So I don't want Illinois fans in my ear talking about, oh, Michigan game the system. No, they fucking didn't. Sorry. Michigan has just beaten damn near every team they've played. They haven't lost a game when they've had their full starting five. And at this point, as a Michigan fan, I'm hungry. I want to see Gonzaga and Baylor. Gonzaga should be number one, and Michigan fans need to shut up about it. But I'm ready for March cart. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm ready for March. And also to the Illinois fans out there, you're going out Eight. sad right now. All right. Eight it's tough it, guys. Eight you're tough you're embarrassing guys. yourself. Okay. And you just keep giving us content to embarrass yourself. Like, just stop it. Like, come on. Like, it's, 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 it, it's really sad to see. I'm not even like mad. I'm just like, let's, uh, just going out sad. The fakest of fake tough guys talking about, fake we don't even want to win a conference. But yet their social media team acting like they're the best team in school history. The champagne Clippers. Good Lord. They are. I, I think I tweeted hashtag Illinoising is my hashtag for Illinois right now. They're just, just, go <laughs> just go away. Uh, we would be remiss though, before we go to the interview with Ant, we do have to put some spotlight on the week that was for the Michigan state Spartans. This has been a long time coming. I know we're ending this on a bittersweet note. I was actually actively rooting for the Spartans to get the win against uh, Maryland just for content purposes, Cart. Truly. I mean, a 3-0 and week coming into March would have been great for this podcast. Didn't happen. But let's not glaze over the fact that they got two top 10 wins earlier this week mm-hmm. in beating an Illinois team and an Ohio State team that they absolutely had to beat. And it's come from some adjustments from Tom Izzo that we've been begging for all season long. Yeah, it was, it was like where I was at the same time, I wanted to be happy, but then I was like, like, where has this been? Like, I literally just pictured Tom Izzo probably like two weeks ago, like a week and a half ago, just sitting in his, sitting in his living room, 3am heavy bourbon poured with one of those ball ice cubes. And then it just hit him. He's like, that's it. That's it. That's what I should do. I should play my best players, even though they might be kind of small. <laughs> wow. Look what this did. And you know what? It worked out. 
it got shut down a little bit in that Maryland game, which he would have made some adjustments, but I'm going to focus on the positives. Those are two really big wins. We needed those to even give us a chance at making the tournament. And now we have some sort of light and I hope we get it done. Yeah. But it's not even play as best players, right? Like it's fun to say like, Oh, just play your guys. But like all season long, all I heard from Michigan state fans and I'm pretty positive the coaching staff agreed with it was that Joey Hauser is either the best or second best player on this team. So Joey Hauser ain't a part of this revitalized lineup that's cooking. Like, I mean, they also said that Foster Lawyer was going to have a breakout year. That's what I'm saying. If this was really, oh, play your best four players, I think we would see Foster Lawyer, Joey Hauser, and Thomas Kithier in the rotation right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes I'm not a basketball coach, and I always say this, G. I'm not a basketball coach. I would be an awful basketball coach. But for some reason, I feel like at a certain point, it's about putting the damn guys out there to put the orange thing in the 10-foot thing. That's how you win the game, by making the ball go through the net and keeping the other team from putting the ball in the net. It's a somewhat of a simple game when you don't overthink it and just play 10 players deep into March and February. That is not how you win games. Personally, I, I think that's a Hall of Fame strategy. I think you should write a book about that, honestly. You could. It'll be a very short book. In the you can write you can write the forward if you want to. I'd love to, but no, I I give Tom Izzo credit, and you know how hard that is for me, right? Like, hey, what, hold on a second. Can you put it up to the mic again and say that again? The thing on, I give Tom Izzo credit. I do. I truly do. I don't mean that in some sarcastic asshole way like I normally do. He found the lineup that works and I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to avoid this fact. I'm 99% sure. I said that this exact lineup is something they should try in the middle of December on this very podcast. You weren't the only one. I mean, I, I very visibly remember a clip of saying, why don't we just try Henry at point with Langford, with Gabe Brown and with rocket Watts and whatever center you want to pick. And that's not pat myself on the back. That's not to my own horn, but that is legitimately crediting Izzo for doing something I never thought he would do because he's been too stubborn historically to try something like that. So I think desperation will call for great measures. I think that's what we saw this week. I think this is a hungry Michigan State team that at the end of the day, Cart, we want to make jokes about this team, or at least I do, but truly they're not less talented than most teams they play. And if Michigan state fans, this is the hard part for me to square. Michigan state fans want to flip on the switch and say, Oh, Mr. March is here now. What a great job. Tom Izzo is doing with his team. Well, truly guys, I think this Michigan state team has a good amount of talent that if he had found this type of lineup early in the season, you're not on the bubble. And hey, that's you not a somehow spin Greg zone. was going to flip this to get back to his Tom Izzo agenda. It's and not an agenda. It's not a spin no. zone. Okay. Yeah. No. I, and we talked about this. I'm sorry. You know, you know I don't want to get you all riled up, but I'm, yeah. I am riled up. Let's, I mean, <laughs> but is that not true though? Like, no, it is true. I told you that I was frustrated. I was like, like, yeah, this is dope, but like, why are you waiting until the end of February to do this? Like, this should have been done so long ago. I mean, we and we do talk about it's a roster construction issue, right? They don't have talent at the center spot. They don't. They don't have talent at the point guard spot. They don't. And I've killed Izzo for that. But the guys they do have, Joey Hauser, Rocket Watts, Aaron Henry, 
And there's somebody I'm missing who's oh, Josh Langford. I mean, Josh Langford's not the old Josh Langford, but those four guys on any given night are as talented as most guys they're going to play in the Big Ten. They just are. And until recently, the staff hasn't found a way to play those four guys together for extended periods of time. And you throw a guy like Gabe Brown into the mix, who is an emerging potential two-way Big Ten high-level player. Like, this has been a missed opportunity for me that we haven't seen this for longer stretches this season. Like I said, I give Tom Izzo credit for finding it when he needed it, but good Lord, if you found it a month ago, I don't think you're on the bubble. I agree, but this needs to be said, Greg. There's a reason me and you are here, and there's a reason that those guys are in the position they are, and we can talk about all this stuff and say what we want to be done and all this stuff. It's fine to say that's what fans do. That's what people who evaluate the game do. But at the end of the day, it's what, you know, obviously they have – There's despite what you think, coaches have a reason for what they do. We might not understand it, but they always have a reason for what they're doing. They're not just doing shit to do shit. And sometimes those reasons are intentionally holding back players so they'll stay in school longer. Not necessarily this year. Hey, are you are you gonna need shoulder surgery like Foster Lawyer reaching like that? Relax. I'm fine. Hey, look, you can talk about my coaching abilities all you want. I'm off a 51 point high school dub tonight, so I I might be feeling a little good right now. I may or may not have had a few adult beverages in celebration before we recorded this podcast. Hey, hold on. Hey, Greg, speaking about adult celebrations and beverages, I didn't tell you about this segment because I didn't know if you would cut it off or not, but I need Whoa. a minute if you, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I have a shot here <laughs> poured of some bullet whiskey. And this shot I'm pouring out, and it goes to my good homie, Dan Dockage. He's out the paint. ESPN dropped him. He blocked me on Twitter. That's what happens when you mess with the cartel. Eventually, it catches up to you. This is an RIP bozo shot to Dan Dockage. Miles Bridges has game. You need to learn not to say stuff about people. Be nice. God bless you and your future endeavors. Miles Bridges has game. Look, I'm going to cheers my empty beer mug to you on that. I'm a little hurt you didn't give me the heads up so I could take one with you because I'm here to be an anti-Dan Dockage podcast. But All my homies hate Dan Dockage. It is what it is. We should we should probably print shirts that say that. All my homies hate Dan Dockage. Thanks. That sounds like a sleeper's bestseller. Uh, speaking of sleepers bestseller, rumors that a sleeper store may be on the way, sleepers merch. We've had enough people ask us for the hats, for the sweatshirts, for the hoodies, for the basketball shorts. We got a lot of different things, folks. So we are going to get a store set up. We will have that before the NCAA tournament. Stay tuned. But if you want stuff, hit us up. We'll help you out. Hey, March is the month of the sleepers, man. We're, we're working on stuff. We got stuff. We got stuff in the works. All right. We've been, you know, slowly building up, getting more content going. Uh, still got a lot more to do. We're just getting started. We appreciate all the love up until this point, but like we're, we're full go. And March is the month of the sleepers. It's the month of the cartel. It's the month of the sleepers. So like it's, it's time. I'm excited. Should we plug the contest week two of the contest? Uh, yeah, but does that mean we have to shout out Stan for winning again? Because I don't want to give him more credit. <laughs> it's up to you. All right. Well, Stanley Omelo was our week one winner with nine out of 10 games picked correctly, which is a very impressive feat because there were some upsets this past week. But like we said, we'll have another free contest on the way this week. Ten more games from this Saturday. 
It's a Google form that you fill out. All you have to do is just be subscribed to Sleepers Media YouTube channel, which you already should be. Get with it. And 199's YouTube channel. And it's free to enter. Pick the games, pick the winner, nice and easy. Get the most right. And you get a $50 gift card to 199 and you get yourself some fire gear. I would name some down points of this contest, but it there isn't any. I don't think there are. Yeah, like get get like get into it. We had about 35 responses, I think, something like that for the past one. So make sure y'all get into it. Tell all your friends it's free to enter. All you gotta do is just subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's easy. And shout out to everybody who is listening to this because we have we've gone, you probably saw a push from us on social last week. We were at about 70 subscribers. We hit a hundred pretty damn quick. Shout out to everybody who is a new subscriber and the old subscribers. We see you. We appreciate you. We're up at, in the 130s now, like Carter mentioned, 35 people who participated in week one of the Pick'em Contest. We will be doing this every single week through the conclusion of the Final Four. Uh, the Sleepers will be taking a trip to Indianapolis for the Final Four. Stay tuned for content on that. But we got a lot in the works. More free stuff to give away, more people to interview, more basketball to talk, more Tom Izzo jokes to make, and hopefully more Michigan wins to discuss. So stay tuned. Uh, We've got Mr. Ant Wright coming up as a guest on the podcast after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode of the Sleepers Podcast is brought to you by Dan Dockage. Dan Dockage. Carter, do you like Dan Dockage? No, I hate Dan Dockage. And you know what the best part about Dan Dockage? He isn't on the locker room app. I've been telling y'all for weeks that this locker room app is something y'all need to be on. It is growing day by day. There's sports personalities on it. There's celebrities on it. There's actual athletes on it. I mean, the brand of the locker room app is growing day by day. It's a great social media platform to connect with fans of basically anything you like. I mean, you can do bachelor rooms, you can do music rooms, culture, sports, fast. I mean, everything you need, you can get in this app. It's free to download. Head over to the Apple App Store, type in locker room, download it, come listen, jump in some rooms, talk with people. And I mean, if that didn't get you to get the app, the sleepers are live on the locker room every week, Tuesday at five o'clock Eastern time. Sometimes so different change because Coach Greg and the five, I'm sorry, six and one Comstock. Whoa, whoa, seven, seven and one, please. My fault, seven and one Comstock Colts have practicing games but we we go around that we have rooms going on all the time so get the app it's free i mean do i do i have to say anything else i feel like that covers it all this ain't just an ad read either like we've been using the locker room app like we just want y'all to get with it hey we've been at it before the invite all button okay hey hey beta boys we here Get yourself the Locker Room app. Find us there once a week minimum. Really find us there like five days a week, if not seven days a week. There's always something good going on on the Locker Room app, whether or not it is sleepers oriented. You will find people that love sports. You will find people that love basketball. You will find people that love or hate Michigan State as much as I do, depending on the given day. You never really know with me. So I just opened up the app, folks, if you can see this. I don't know if you can't see this on our little YouTube if you're actually watching this, but 
Uh, we've got a bunch of rooms going live right now. Locker room's been going crazy. We've got NBA talk. We've got the Monday night sports show. We've got build around buddy 18.3. I don't know what that means, but there's 20 people listening to it. And we've got just a nice, good old fashioned NBA conversation about effective role players going on. I, I, I think I just might have saw Greg Waddell turn into his father, Dave, right in front of my face. Talking about, I don't know if you can see it on this here phone, but here's the app right here. Okay. Well, Cart, why don't you end this ad read then? I'm sorry. My team beat two top 10 teams. Give me the fucking slack. All right, download the Locker Room app. It's on the App Store, or as Carter would say, the App Room Store. I don't know. Get it. It's on your phone. I deserve that. But get it. And the program is 7-1, and one, by the way. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. All right, it's Rivalry Week. It's the Sleepers Podcast, and we brought our special Michigan correspondent who knows all things Twitter, all things social media, all things Michigan basketball, and he also may be the man best versed to talk about the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry these days. We've got Mr. Ant Wright, a.k.a. Anthony Wright, former Michigan basketball player of the John Beeline era. Ant, what's going on? What's happening, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. For sure. Long time coming. Uh, If you've listened to Carter and I on the Locker Room app, you've surely crossed paths with Ant at some point. If you're a Michigan or Michigan State fan and you're listening to this, I'm sure you are also aware of his presence online. Um, So we want to talk all things going on this week with Michigan basketball because Lord knows there's a lot going on. Yep, exactly. Gee, I do have to say, though, I'm sick because I thought this week was finally going to be the week where – I record an episode after a Michigan State win, and I just can't get it. This is like four straight weeks I've recorded, and I can't get a Michigan State win before we record. I just don't understand what I did to deserve this. That's tough. It looked promising. After the back-to-back top five wins, it looked promising. Yeah, they sucked me back in. Hey, I mean, but, but y'all were fatigued, as Tom Izzo said. Y'all were Mentally, just, emotionally. Just caught up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was mentally and physically fatigued from watching them, so I don't really know how they feel. So, so at the top too, before we get too far into this, I just want to say we we don't want to become a full on Michigan basketball podcast because that would literally kill Carter. He would be put in the ground with this. So, like, we we're trying for Spartan fans that listen to us. We are trying to get Michigan State people on here. We had multiple yeses that we just haven't been able to work out times with it's it's coming it's coming scheduling conflicts it's coming it's coming so they say but in the meantime we're going to appreciate our michigan guests and we're going to talk the second best team in college basketball although if you follow this man on twitter ant wright might tell you this might be the best team in college basketball let's start there (laughs) (laughs) don't get it twisted i think zag is still number one um but it's really fun when you bring up schedules and how strong their conference is and all that fun stuff. But um, yeah, I mean like, you know, Michigan is a good team this, this year. This is one of their better teams that I have seen um, possibly ever. I think they have, I think they are better than the 2013 team. And um, this is, yeah. I mean, 2013 was good. Like they were really good. They were really talented. They had, they had NBA dudes and all that fun stuff. But, you know, end of the day, 
like, yeah, that was a good league, but they did not win the league. Um, and I think that this team is so good. Like, they are just as good as that team was on offense on defense. And that's the scary part. They could beat you in so many ways. They could beat you scoring 80, as we saw against Ohio State. They went, like, well, like 92. Like, Ohio State was 50-50-90 that game and lost by two possessions at home as a top-five team. That just doesn't happen. Um, and then you have grinded out games. You hold – Iowa to its lowest scoring total since 2019, early March. You know, that's a long time scoring, uh, you know, holding them to 57 points or less. So, you know, this is a this is a team who can beat you in so many ways, and that's why they're so dangerous, and that's why a team like this is dangerous when it comes to the tournament because they're, they're not reliant on scoring points, and defense travels always so uh, uh it is uh in a year of inconsistencies uh this is the perfect year to have a team who was so good on both ends my dog hunter dickinson had luca garza in the motherfucking torture chamber I <laughs> am ne- man he might he Duh. might not move his upper body when he runs down the court but dog <laughs> that man it was clamping Luca Garza, had him frustrated and was giving him buckets on the other end. And it's a damn shame that Hunter Dickinson isn't real, isn't recognized as one of the best centers in the country. Cause I think he really is one of the best, one of the wow. best centers in the country. Maybe the well, best. Look how big, like, look how good the big 10 is crazy. at the five spot. It's they're crazy good. I mean, you know, Rutgers got their asses handed to him tonight by Nebraska, which is weird, but, Miles Sanders from Rutgers is very good. This is live reaction. Nebraska beat Rutgers tonight? By 20-something. Bro, what? That's with Teddy Allen gone. They dropped Teddy Allen and said, all right, we're better now. Is that? I mean, that might be Rutgers out of the tournament maybe, right? At one point, the score was like 70 to 40 in the second half. That is Or like 60 to like 30. It was... Like, it was bad. It was very bad. Like, I turned on the game, and I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. I had to turn the channel off and then back on just to see if they got something, like, wrong. Wow. I lied to you not. I turned to it. It was 50 to 30. I'm like, what are you doing right now, bro? Like, do you know what's on the line? And you out here going to – you out here going to Nebraska without their starting high-scoring guard, and you're getting whooped like this? It's crazy, man. That's insane. That's a and I'm such a Steve Pichel fan too. I I love Pichel too. That's I mean that's got to be a big win for the the Michigan State Spartans on the bubble though, right? They aren't they both at the same record at this point? Thirteen. No, their comp is Maryland and Indiana. Honestly, okay. Their their thing is Maryland and I mean honestly probably Indiana and Rutgers now since right after that game. That's wild. That is crazy. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I sidetracked yeah. us there, but I, I just got home from our high school game and I haven't looked at scores. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Nebraska beat Rutgers? What? Anyway. Sorry about that. No, I heard they it. were like 15 point favorites or something. It was, oh, wild. I think, yeah, I think it was, it was, it was, I think it closed at double digits. Yeah. yeah it was too wild. high for me to look at it and I would have taken Rutgers anything under 10. So that's <laughs> hey, Greg. I'm sick as hell right now because I'm li- I'm literally going through all the five men in our conference, and like I'm just thinking like 
I literally think we might have the worst big man in the conference. Like, actually. no, no, no. I think it's I think it's Maryland. Maryland has the worst five. If you don't count Scott, right? Don, no, Dante Scott is a four who plays the five because they're so bad. Troll May Mary All and Gavin Smith, I think his name is Galen Smith. Galen Smith, I think I think that's that's the worst group. I, I would take Hare from Penn State, and I would take whoever Northwestern has over them. Nance, I will take Nance for sure. Yeah, Nance. Is I will nice. take Nance for sure. Yeah, man, Maryland has no five. That's None. sad though, because isn't Marriott like seven two? He's big. Yeah, guy. and he couldn't play in that game. You hate couldn't to see guard Kithier, man. Kithier was gonna put him in the play. Could he say with a straight face? Hey, all right, let's move on. Y'all ain't shit. So okay, let's let <laughs> now, while we're talking Michigan State, let's just get right to the point. So mm. Michigan State, they're on the bubble. As we speak right now, we're recording this on a Monday night. This will drop on a Tuesday morning. Michigan State is 13 and 10 overall, and they need to win a game minimum, if not a couple games. I think if they beat Michigan, they're probably in as long as they don't lose every other game, including whatever their first round NCAA tournament game is. Um, Some would look at this Indiana game that's upcoming and say it's a must win if they're not going to beat Michigan a couple times. So I guess my question to you guys straight up right now, does Michigan state make the tournament? And if so, what do they have to do to do that? Want me to go first? And you want to go first? You got it. Well, unfortunately, because we blew that game at Maryland, which I must say was very disappointing that we have a game where we're fighting for our tournament lives and you let a Maryland team just come out and blitz you and get up 11-0. We were never in that game, truly. That was very demoralizing. And also Aaron Wiggins' 360 dunk was more like a 180. Fuck you for doing that. But but to be honest, this Indiana game, I think, is a must-win game. And then I think we have to split with Michigan somehow. Um, but that that's just to make selection Sunday, I think, not stressful at all. Um, but I see, realistically, I think we beat Indiana. And I don't really know if we can split with Michigan at this point, the way they're playing. I really don't know. I mean, it's Izzo versus Michigan. So, I mean, stuff goes out the door in rivalry games. But the way Michigan's playing and the way that we're playing, I just – it's really tough to see. But we somehow got to find a way to grind out a split in those two games, I think. You have to be Indiana. Yeah. Like, that is – That's not – That is uh, objective one. Like, you have to beat them. You are in – Michigan State is ahead of Indiana, in my opinion, but they are very, very close. Uh, you have to win that game. And then if you do get swept by Michigan, uh, you can't get blown out. Like, you have to – you know, in one of the games – it has to be close. It has to be close to where the loss doesn't hurt you as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go one and two there, uh, you have to win. I, I think one in the Big Ten tournament gets them there, honestly. Honestly. And what do you think if it's a situation like this? So let's say we lose both these games at Michigan, but then in the Big Ten tournament, we actually would have a chance to play Michigan again, I think, the way the bracket's set up. Mm-hmm. And we play Maryland in the first round the way it is right now. Uh, so do you think that if – let's say we lose to Michigan twice coming up, if we get one win against Maryland and then, uh, let's say, do we have to win that next game against Michigan too, you think? 
I think if if you find two more wins, I think you're in. Honestly, honestly, but you have to be Indiana. You can't you can't lose that game at home. Right. And no way. I don't know why Michigan State fans are so damn confident about this Indiana game. I mean, we we came back. Indiana was in our shit that last game that we came and yeah. beat them back. To be and then honest. you came out with that lineup and that messed them up. Yeah, it did. The I'm just I'm really banking on Archie Miller pulling on Archie Miller though. He's it's it's time for him just to go full on downhill and just hit but, the bottom. Before right. last game, he didn't lose to Michigan State since 2018, I think. Which is crazy. Is he's the inverse like, they coach won three K. in a row? He owns he owns Izzo. He's the inverse coach K. That's the worst Ooh. coach to have owning you. Imagine saying Archie Miller owns you as a coach. That is that's sad shit. It's just it's a the weird weirdest problem. thing. It yeah. is. So okay. Card, I want to talk about state fans in general and their psyche right now because you mentioned, like, okay, state fans are confident. We're just gonna roll over Indiana right now. But I also feel like from what I picked up on Twitter this week, state fans seem pretty confident that they're going to make the tournament in general. Like there's been some anti, like, are we really on the bubble? Like, come on. We're, we're not because well, people are coming out and they're seeing like the projections, of course, and Lenardi, like everyone's going deep into the Twitter replies world and seeing all these things that were, you know, firmly on the first four in and then Duke loses this past week, which kind of helps us out. But, uh, I don't know. Everyone's really confident that we're in. I'm just not – I'm not on the same page with those people. Those two top five wins were huge, huge. though, huge. I know that they were at home. Um, but, man, those two top five wins um, were big, and it can't be understated. And I think that those two wins are giving the fans a lot of hope as well because they're like no other bubble team has those type of wins on their resume. But their issue is that when they lose, like, they get blown out. And, and that's the part that hurts their advanced analytics and all that fun stuff. And just when I was, you know, praising Izzo for finally listening to me and finally, you know, playing this small ball lineup, I feel like he kind of reverted back to some things in this game that I wasn't really a fan of. They're sending double teams on our post. They're doubling everybody out of the post. Anyone who catches in the post, they're doubling and his, you know, his go-to is surround him with A.J. Hogarth, who can't shoot. So I just yeah. – there were some very troubling things in that game. And the fact that we got blown out and it literally wasn't close from the tip, honestly. I mean, we got within five a couple of times. But then, you know, Maryland would step up and go on a mini run themselves. You can't was, spot him 11. Yeah, you know? it was it was yeah. alarming. I, I, was, I was shook. I had to lean back on those two top five wins that we had just to clear my head and go to bed at night because I was kind of sick. And what do you make of Izzo's comment? Because I'm I'm ready to clown the man. Obviously, I've had my my history with Tom Izzo. Carter knows this. Where I I mean I've you could say are, are we calling it are we calling it a history with Tom Izzo? I'm calling it an agenda. You're gonna call it an agenda. Okay, that's fine. That's you said it's, an it's an agenda. It ain't no history. It's an so agenda. It's personal. Oh here's yeah. What personal. I can't, here's what I can't make of Tom Izzo. He he loses to Maryland by what 18 was the final, I believe, 18. They lose 73 to 55 in a quote-unquote Oh, I know where this is going. This is where this is going. He comes into the post-game press conference, and the very first thing he says is, paint whatever picture you want. They had a week off, and we're dead. This is our third game in six days. While, yes, that's a fact. Like, I I don't – I'm not surprised that there was some sort of effect of fatigue – 
for that Michigan State team. I think that was a real thing. But I think any self-respecting coach after taking an 18-point L on the road in a must-win game where dudes were 360 dunking on you at the end would probably look like in that press conference to say like, well, I didn't love our shot selection. I didn't love that I didn't have any adjustment to a hard double team for 40 minutes. Like there, there was more to that game than just, oh, we were gassed. And that pissed me off that that's the first comment he made. Am I crazy for that or no? Hey, Greg, Greg, No, Greg, you're not Greg. crazy. When you play basketball and you get tired, the first thing to go is the jump shot. But, Cart, they weren't tired on their their second game in three days on Thursday, right? Like, and I get – okay, it's the third game that week. That's, that's another that's, story. That's one more whole game. I just – I don't buy that fatigue was the entire story of that game, and for him to paint it that way in the press is – the issue I've always had with Izzo. He, he knows how to play the press. Credit to him for it. But it's just not the most respectful way to go about losing a game like that to me. So here's Rent-free, rent dog. Rent-free. <laughs> here's my thing. Um, I – a part of me thought that Izzo would have changed up – uh, how he's been attacking games because you go, you know, you beat two top five teams, right? And you beat an Indiana team prior to that, playing half the game with that lineup. You can't play that card over and over and over. You have to adjust it prior to other teams adjusting to you. Then I think you come back to it. Um, they do not have the personnel, they're not talented enough to continue to play that card over and over and over. Um, I think I think he should have made an adjustment prior to the Maryland game. I don't know what that could have been, but but you know, show something else. And then maybe halfway through the first half, then go back to it. Because now you have a Maryland team who's been prepping for one thing, have to adjust to something else. And then you go back to what they've been prepping for. Now they have to forget what they just adjusted to just to throw them off balance just a little, a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, I thought that he would have made some type of adjustment prior to the game so he's not showing the same thing, which is good, but it got teams off guard. Nobody's off guard anymore. Right. You, you, you know, you've seen the movie Talladega Nights, right? When yeah. it comes to making some on, when it comes to making on the move adjustments, sometimes I feel like Tom Izzo is caught out there like Ricky Bobby, just putting his hands up, talking about I just don't know what to do with my hands. I just I, I don't I don't know what to do. I, I what do I do? Oh, like, he just sometimes can't make those in game adjustments, and then he acts surprised when Big Ten coaches, basketball coaches, are able to make adjustments to what you're doing. That's kind of what coaching is. It goes back and forth, and you got to be able to you know, make a move or else you get your ass blown out. Best coach league, best coach league in the country, bar none. And I don't think it's, think it's uh, close at all. I yeah. don't think it's close. No, I agree with that. I mean, historically, uh, regardless of coaches, this is a historically great Big Ten this season. Ken Palm's got it as the strongest conference in the history of his database. Um, so I, I think the talent and the level of play that we're seeing in the big 10 this year is something that's been pretty unmatched and there's coaches mm -hmm. that are on their a game, pretty much every game up and down the schedule. There's no trap games other than, I mean, you look at Nebraska and Northwestern as games that you should typically win if you're a good team. Uh, but as Rutgers just showed tonight, there's no off nights. 
So it's, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy year that we're living in. And I think, you know, it's coming down to a a back-to-back where there is a lot on the line for really both sides. Although I I think you'd say there's more on the line for Michigan state here because Michigan is going to likely have the conference wrapped up before they even get to the Michigan state game in the first game. Knock Uh, on wood. Yeah. Knock on wood. I can't Uh, deal with, I can't, I I can't deal with that loss. I would rather beat Illinois and get swept by Michigan state. So let's, okay. Let's talk about where we're at with Illinois fans Ant, because it's been quite a week, quite a week. They're so bitter. They're so bitter. They are the most bitter fans on the planet. He got okay. it. So I, I guess I'll set the table. If you somehow are listening to this and you haven't been aware of what's going on with Illinois fans, you've missed quite a bit. Illinois, first of all, plays Michigan State. They lose, again, a must-win game for a team that wants to win the Big Ten this year. They lose to a desperate Michigan State team. Credit Tom Izzo. Credit the Spartans for that. But from my eye, the Illinois team laid an egg in that game. Io DeSumo gets hurt. Matty Sissoko with a, a flagrant foul. He gets ejected, breaks Io's nose, potentially a facial fracture as well. Illinois fans have probably watched that, what, 100 million times in the last two weeks? Oh, sure. of that. Um, which to me, I mean, make what you want of that. It, it looked like a basketball play to me. Um, I know there's differing opinions on that, but it wasn't anything that is like the guy should be suspended for life, which I know. Illinois Twitter has taken this to like, oh, Tom Izzo needs to leave the game, which is just absurd. So long story short, on top of all the Michigan State drama, Illinois fans are also bitching about Michigan, who is three games ahead of them in the loss column. Brad Underwood's throwing shots in every single press conference he takes, talking about, oh, we respect our conference. We don't duck any teams. It'd be real easy for us to say we don't want to play a game. We won't do that. So what do you like, Ant, as the leader of Michigan Twitter, which you rightfully are, it's been a wild week for you. I don't think that. I think I will crown you that if you want to see yourself there with that rightfully too. I don't know if you meant that, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm the I don't think I'm the lead. I don't think I've won one Michigan Twitter bracket. So well, whoever's was, running those brackets, I just have beef with because you're. Well, I mean, I'm filling out a, my bracket. You're my poll. You're the people. You're the people's champ, Ant. I don't even think I'm like Michigan Twitter. I'm just Ant. You know, <laughs> I have nothing on my page about Michigan. If you go to my page, you have no clue. None. Okay, so what what does Ant make of the Illinois nonsense from the last week? Then it's wild. They are the most bitter fan base that I have. Um run into they're very similar to arkansas fans except arkansas isn't in the big 10 so i don't have to deal with them um but illinois they're still bitter over 1989 i swear uh talking to a lot of illinois fans that like live in like live in the champagne area um they they talk to people and they say that michigan is their second biggest rival and they know that we don't care, but it's a weird, it's a very weird obsession. And they think that they're a good Big Ten program, and I have them maybe fifth or sixth. Um, they haven't hung a banner since 2005, so I laugh about that. Um, 
And then Brad Underwood today comes out talking about how the Big Ten championship doesn't mean much. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, that's why you guys haven't won a damn thing in a while. So um, their issue is they're mad because Michigan didn't play them after a COVID pause. Michigan had their first full practice on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then they postponed the game on that Thursday. You expect a team that was sitting around for two weeks to practice, condition, and feel a basketball for three days and then play them. It feels like you were scared to play the actual team itself. So, um, And then we rescheduled them. And then it just so happened that A.L. got karate chopped in the throat against Michigan State. So he he won't be playing that game. And uh, that sucks from a basketball fan standpoint because I really wanted to see Wagner and Shondi Brown stuff him in a locker just like Aaron Henry did. Um, but we won't get to see that. We're going to see many Lonzo Ball try to get a triple-double. And uh, Frazier is going to be sh- shooting, trying to get tr- trying to get 30. So Let me know. disrespect Frazier real quick because Illinois Twitter puts out their their pick that compares the, the Illinois 2005 team with D. Brown, Luther Head, Darren Williams, everybody who loves college basketball. That's one of your favorite teams of all time. It's just one of the most – fun teams in it was mine history. it was so, so, disrespectful. Right. so disrespectful i mean i got i got the d brown jersey in my closet right across the room right now so like i i love that team and illinois twitter has the gall to make io Desumu, kofi coburn and freaking i don't even know his name is it it's not miller it's what what's his name who's the third guy that coburn did that? Ayo and Frazier. Yeah, Trent Frazier, who averages 10 points a game and two assists. Those, like, no disrespect to Eli Brooks, who's the glue guy of this Michigan team, but those are Eli Brooks numbers. Like, Eli Brooks undefeated this year. Right. He is. Which only Gonzaga can say. We've got beef for Gonzaga fans as well, by the way, but we'll save that for another episode. But I just, I, I don't understand where this sense of entitlement has come with Illinois media and fans. Like, like you said, they haven't won anything in 15 years. I don't think they've made a sweet 16 in 16 years. They haven't. They and, haven't, they haven't made a sweet 16. They've won three tournament games. Um, and I pretty much said in the last, you know, since 2005, they've been slightly better than Northwestern. Right. right. They should be they should be hungry for a Big Ten title. They shouldn't talk about it. it's irrelevant. Y'all need one. You need a banner. You need something. Just bitter, man. It's just bitter. That is a bitter, bitter group. Bitter, bitter group. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, I kind of don't want to understand it because I don't want to think like that. Um, <laughs> but that is uh, that is one insecure group that uh, that I'm enjoying toying with. Yeah, we we care about titles over here in the state of Michigan. <laughs> so, that's what we do. We'll see. Tomorrow will be interesting. If you're listening to this, it may be before the Michigan-Illinois game, maybe after. Um, but I, I would expect if Noayo Desumu is on the court, likely a Michigan win, knock on wood. Uh, and then that sets up really what we're truly here to talk about, the rivalry, a back-to-back for – the first time I can remember Michigan, Michigan state playing Thursday night, playing Sunday afternoon, Michigan with a a big 10 championship potentially on the line, Michigan state with their tournament streak, 22 years 
potentially on the line. Um, you know, Mr. March, much has been made of Tom Izzo and how his teams come together down the stretch. And I give him credit for putting the small ball lineup together. Um, Jawan Howard, relatively new to the rivalry. Obviously he played in it back in the day, but as a coach one and one against Michigan state thus far. So it'll be a, a very interesting matchup for both of these games. Michigan obviously has the on court talent advantage. Um, but I I'd be lying. Aunt, if I looked you in the eye and said, I'm not a little bit afraid of a Tom Izzo team with everything on the line against a Michigan team that could potentially have some things wrapped up by the time that games come, comes together. Tell me, I mean, am I crazy for worrying about the psyche of those two teams coming into those games? No. And uh, I do want to touch on the Illinois game right quick. I actually think that Illinois is more dangerous without the Dosumu right Whoa. now because, because they do, because they're going to have um, the usage is going to be spread out. And the ball isn't just going to be stuck with Dosumu. And I think that makes them a much easier to prepare for. Uh, and Michigan has the guys to defend him. So I think with him playing, Michigan would have had less to worry about. But now with him not playing, you not only have Cabello, but now you have Miller and Frazier and, uh, you know, Demonte Williams and, same like Grandison, like all these other guys are going to be getting more touches, more shots, um, and things are going to be more spread out and less pointed to just one person. So, I think that's um, fair. Yeah, too bad. Michigan but I do wings. think Michigan, that Michigan, Michigan wings are going to overpower them, dudes. They're too little. I think so. I think so. You know, but they have, but I mean, size matters if size only matters. If you take advantage, because if you don't, it becomes a disadvantage because now you're going to be a little bit slower. And, um, you know, will you be able to guard? And you know, they are a good defensive team, so that's going to help. Um, and if they're able to, you know, put up points on top of that, that's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how um, how they make Coburn guard. And uh, I think Corbello is really good with the ball. And I think they're going to pick and roll Michigan to death. And I think that's like the one weakness with Michigan right now is their pick and roll defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how they attack um, uh, like Mike Smith and Eli Brooks and all that. I might have a hot take here, but I think the biggest mismatch in this game in Michigan's favor is the center spot. I think that from everything I've seen from Kofi Coburn, he's a guy that just hides in matchups against centers that can match his size potentially overpower him from a skill perspective. And I think Hunter, I mean, Hunter, you've seen what Hunter's done to guys like Luca Garza, TJD. Um, I would be shocked if he doesn't hold his own in that matchup. Yeah. Kofi got T-Rex arms too. He's yep. seven foot, but he's got a seven foot with six, a six three weeks, man. He's built like Kirby. <laughs> and there's can't, like can't even itch his back. There's some dude on locker room that people swear is Kofi Coburn's agent because he's literally been talking about Kofi sneaking his way into a lottery pick conversation. So that dude actually played at Minnesota. Oh, that's, is that Kendall? Yeah, that's Kendall. Wait, Kendall's catering for Coburn to get in the first round? Yes, he's. He says like lottery first round. I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Let's the the Pistons do what they usually do, but let's hope not. 
I just yeah, hard disagree. But yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. So the Michigan State Michigan game, um, I think that uh, I think that the small ball lineup isn't um, isn't going to be bad for this game. I think it's going to be interesting. They have five, what, four and a half bigs to foul Hunter Dickinson. The only issue is he's not Kofi Coburn. He he shoots like almost eighty percent from the foul line. Um, they may have to send traps. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, Wagner and Shandy guarding Aaron Henry. Um, Michigan State is going to have to have someone else step up. I don't know who that's going to be, um, but they don't have the personnel to create. Not Rocket Watts, not Langford, not Gabe Brown. Those are guys who need who need a point man to kind of run the offense, initiate for them. Uh, and if Aaron Henry's locked down, as you kind of saw with Maryland, things get stagnant for them. And um, and when you have a much better defending team like Michigan, um, that's where you can see runs of 6-0, 7-0 start to pile on top of each other. And then next thing you know, you look up and you're down by 20 with 10 minutes left in the second half. Game is pretty much over because not only can you um, – not only can you – really stop them from scoring because they get so many good shots but you're but you now have to score against one of the better defenses in the in the whole country right the way i see it is y'all should just beat illinois and then rest your starters there's no need that's what that, that game Somebody don't need joked about that somebody said like okay what if i think there, there was a thing going around on the um hoops forums of if you could only win two of the next three, what would you pick? And the best answer was somebody was like, well, we beat Illinois. We win the first against MSU. And then we play Austin Davis, Zeb Jackson, Terrence Williams, Jerron Falds. And we still win. Hey, no bullshit. Austin Davis would put Joey Hauser in post-defense in the fucking gulag. Austin would have 22 right and 15. Oh, God. That dude is a fishing around that. the cup. I'm a Michigan fan. I don't even want to watch that. I would. I'm trying to watch Brandon Wade go for 30 right quick. I know you are. I fully believe that. So, so who do you think, both you guys, I'm curious, who do you think Michigan State puts Aaron Henry on in this game? Because he, I mean, you always have him in a lockdown role of like a high usage guard or a high usage wing, but like, I guess Franz is theoretically Michigan's guy there, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Mike Smith because you know Mike, uh, he but they're gonna put Rocket on him. But I think Aaron Henry on Mike would, you know, Mike is like an engine. You know what I mean? He doesn't really, you know, he could pop off and score some. He'll dish some, but he's an engine. The way that he controls the pace. Um, for the other guys is huge. So if Aaron Henry can bottle him up, now you're going to force guys like Eli Brooks and Wagner to create. But the issue is when they bottle up Mike, all they do is just throw it to the wing to 6'9 Wagner and post feed. You know? Like, <laughs> and then in the post, what's going to happen? Right. Who's, you know, who is going to guard him? I just, I don't know, man. It's, that that's why this team is is so is there's they're so good. They're so good because if if they're failing to run offense, they throw the ball in the post. Right. Right. And then they work out of it. 
Yeah, and this is and this is me sticking sticking to my my objectiveness. G, I told you I would cancel my agenda against the boys in blue this year and say what needs to be said. That's the thing. Like just like Ant said, okay, yeah, they throw it in Hunter Dickinson. We send the double. Hunter Dickinson is a is an elite passer out of the post, so he's able to find the open guy and is kicking to what three, four, forty percent three point shooters. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, we could put Aaron Henry on Mike Smith. I mean, when you have a beast, cut it off at the head. Hopefully it kills the rest of the beast. But to be honest, I don't know if that's going to work either because I think Franz Wagner is a good enough playmaker at his size to make the right decision. So it's basically just, I mean, we might have to just try some shit. Like, if something's not working, let's let's try plan B and have a couple plans. Like, we got to have a game plan going into it and have a couple options. And we really got to try everything. And whatever's working that day, hopefully that gives us a great chance to win. I think you try some weird stuff the first game. Just try some weird stuff every five-minute segment. Try something weird. Go back home. Do your analytics. Whichever one gave you a positive net, that's what you're going to do for that last game. Hey, Lord. Because you just have to split. You're not winning both. Just split. If you split, you're in the NCAA tournament. Hey, we might win both. It's March. <laughs> Lord, Lord knows if there's hey, one guy. It's, who can... it's, it's Mr. March, not Mr. Late February. We hear. Oh, if man. there's one guy who can try something new every five minutes, it's Tom Izzo. He's had three months of preparing himself for every five-minute substitutions in the front court. So we'll Fuck see. You, G. We'll <laughs> see. I just know. I will see. All I right, swear, so... though. Gun to your head. Let's if we go 0-3 over these next three games, it won't happen. Like it won't happen. You like, you may not see me on Twitter for for like. Hey, a few I'm months. a I'm a ooh I'm a sit back. I'm a pop my skinny pop because I'm working on my figure and I'm a find y'all. Oh man. So let's go. Gun to your head. That around means the Illinois line. wins the big and. Oh, Gun to your head around the horn. But give me the next three games for Michigan. Gun to your head around the horn. I'm saying. I'm gonna. I'll be honest. I think they're gonna win out, and that might be the optimist in me. But I think they go three and zero. Let's go to Ant next. Uh, I will also say three and zero, but that's a very nervous and homerish take to go. I believe to go three and zero, and but three and zero. But won't be surprised if they do drop a game. I'm not sure where, but won't be surprised. Cart. As he, as he chugs the beer for anybody not watching this. Two and one. And that one against one. the Spartans. Coming. Okay. We're here. It's March. All right. Before we wrap this, and so I'd be remiss to not ask you, as a guy who played in the rivalry, what is this like? I mean, was there when you were at the University of Michigan? Was there a true hate for the Michigan State program? And do you think that that's still there? Yes. Yes. Um, but I had to learn it. I had to learn it because I wasn't from the area. Um, I always hated UNC Duke. That was like my thing growing up. And uh, so I had to pretty much learn the rivalry. And, um, you know, uh, guys like Manny Harris, Deshaun Sims, Deion Harris, uh, Lester Abrams, Ron Coleman, Jarrett Smith, uh, even Kellen Morris, Zach Gibson. Uh, these, these are guys who grew up in Michigan, and so they understood what the rivalry was. Um, Dave Barrett, too, like, you know, like these guys got it. They 
they understood it and um it was something that had to be learned and uh, i've i've felt that early especially with the crowds you know there's no crowds now but you know standing room only then and they packed it out and there was a different energy in those games for sure um you know even from the stands and uh the ruckus and you know the energy from both teams uh, was uh, very very different it was very different so i gotta ask you who was the most annoying or maybe your most you know hated michigan state player your time there hated just your time there i mean you can eventually get over it I, there's people i used to hate when i played but i got over <laughs> it but do you, is there one player that you can point to for that yeah, one name came to came to my head right away, but I just need to make sure <laughs> there's nobody else. I'm trying to make the prediction in my head of who this is gonna be. I'm thinking. Oh, you have no clue. No, you have. You oh, have is this no someone just off the wall? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and mean, it has nothing to do with basketball because when I committed, he started talking, you know, shit. So, and that's why. And I don't forget anything. This was like. <laughs> This was a long time ago. Like, I don't forget any people think I forget stuff. I don't forget anything. Hell no. Hey, may, maybe forget, maybe forgive, but never forget. Yeah, bro. So guess, guess. You so will what, never get them. What were what were your years? Uh 2006 to 2010. I have such a random name off the top of my head, but I want I'm Googling to make sure he was even there those years. I'd be shocked if this is it, but you got a guess, Cart? I, I want to. I'm actually double checking right now to make sure. This okay, is. I this his years were spot on. This is so random. I have no idea why you'd hate this man, but Isaiah Dalman. Tell me, I nailed that, please. You nailed it. Let's what? Go. <laughs> wow, that's wild. <laughs> That was the first thing that popped to my head. So I, from my experience as a fan, I grew up in Lansing. I, I mean, I lived 10 minutes from Michigan State's campus my whole life. And when Dahlman committed, it was like this big news for some reason within the area of like, oh, this dude's the leading scorer in Minnesota high school history. He's a bucket. And I may be alienating ourselves from ever getting Isaiah Dahlman as a guest on the Sleepers podcast, but I think I'm fine with that if that happens. The man just did not show up. He did not do it in the Michigan State uniform. And he became the ire of Michigan State fans as well. So when you, I mean, I'm thinking back to your era, I'm like, who's the one guy who annoyed me from the Michigan State side? It was definitely Isaiah Dahlman. Man, so like, I didn't even know this. So I get on campus within the first day, Caleb Morris tells me Isaiah Dalman's been talking shit. I'm like, who is that? Oh and that's God. and that's pretty much it. He, like, you know, like I've started against Michigan State. You know, I've you know I've you know I've uh, been like player of the game, the Chevrolet player of the game, and all that stuff. I don't think I've ever been on the court with him. <laughs> I don't think he ever played played against us. I'll give you Dahlman, you sweeped him. <laughs> Everything you did, he didn't do. Isaiah Dalman's career numbers 1.9 points per game, uh, 7.0 minutes per game. Started eight games as a freshman, started three games the rest of his career. The next so he's Rick, see, my so, so look, my my numbers are are like 
not the menace part, but are pretty similar, are pretty similar. And a lot of that is because this dude beeline will put me in with like 10 seconds left uh, just to put me in the middle of a one three one against Indiana. I will never forget <laughs> that for the rest of my life. I'm like, Zach Gibson's right beside me. Eric Poles is right beside me. These cats are 6'10". I'm 6'5". Why am I going in the middle of the zone oh for God. 10 seconds? Good Lord. That's just hilarious. Wild, wild, wild. Oh, let's start the offense. Anthony, you catch the ball, throw it back to a guard, and, and, and go sit in the corner and just hang out and wait for it. Oh, my God. Ant, did you did you beat Michigan State while you were there? Never. Never beat Michigan State. Never beat Wisconsin. And I think I think that's it. But I did score against everybody. So I do have that. Hell yeah. That's the first win of Carter's year so far since we started the Sleepers podcast. I need that. I need every little bit. Yo, I've never beaten Michigan State, bro. And the game that you know, the one game that we should have won, they grabbed Deshaun Sims at the uh, yes. free, free throw line. See, I think that's overblown. I don't think we did that. Oh, stop. Oh. stop. <laughs> I didn't see that. Stop. Yeah, all right. That's me being objective, to be honest. I didn't really the didn't picture. See you know he got held. I know he did. My I mean, man's jersey look good my man's got a fistful of jersey. <laughs> that was a fat. That was that should have been a flagrant, too. Get him out the game, coach. Good. Yeah, <laughs> get him out of here. I see it. Okay, last question from me, Ant, that will let you go. Of yeah. guys you played with at Michigan, give me your starting five. Give me your best starting five. If you had to win a pickup game, just throw yourself back into the primes of their careers. Who are the five you're going to war with? Outside of me? Let's include you. Let's say you oh, got to be going to war. You want, I, I hope you want yourself in the front line. Yeah. So yeah. me, me, one. You can't tell me to stay in the corn playing pickup. So I'll go with one is me. Um, at the five, I'll go with Epe Udo. At the four, Deshaun Sims. The two. I'll go Manny Harris. Actually, I'll put Manny at the one. Oh. I'll put Manny at the one. And uh, I'm going to go with Stu Douglas at the two. Damn, and I thought we was going for the old black lineup coming off Black History Month. Damn. Nah, man. Nah, I need a little diversity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need a, we need a <laughs> shout out Stu, man. We have it's March. It's March 1st. <laughs> 24 hours ago, I would have went with my with my blackest teammate. <laughs> but we won't hey. find out until 2022, February. We'll run it back. We'll run it back. <laughs> Stu, Stu, a friend of the Sleepers podcast, so I, I support that pick. Sure. Um, all right. Well, Ant, this is great. Thank you for being here. Tell everybody what you're working on. Where can people find you and everything you're doing? Uh, it's Ant Wright for everything, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, locker room. It's Ant Wright. I T S A N T W R I G H T. Um, y'all, y'all see this? If you haven't seen this, you're not on social media. So. <laughs> and that's and that's all the arrogance, but it's very, very true. It's facts. 
And yeah, I'll, hey, I'll yo, hey yo, man. I've talked to like random people. They're like, they're like, I don't know you, but I've definitely seen that that logo. Yeah, it's like I've I've definitely seen that. I'm like, yeah, I I know. You know? The brand, the brand, the brand is strong. Hey man, gotta gotta do it. I see you with a little half moon basketball. Yes, sir. That's gonna be, that's gonna be next. So you already know the brand man, is strong, we, we baby. Got, we got we got some sleepers gear on the way. You gotta throw it on. Ooh, I can't do that, but hey, <laughs> hey, you, I, I only you wear got, my. You ain't gotta gear. post it nowhere. Just like in the, you know, what I'm saying for a nice little movie night. Just, just <laughs> just just you, ain't gotta, you ain't gotta do nothing with it. <laughs> Bet. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, I'll thank you. Y'all. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, bro. Hey, sounds good. See you, dog. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.